Blow the horn, let's go. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a selfless thing play so far. Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't give a shit who we're playing. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom, the Colorado State Rams came to town, and after a slow start, they put on quite a show, reeling off 23 points. What did you make of the proceedings? Man, you know, this is a team that's predicted to uh, finish with 10 wins. Uh, they are con- you know, contending for the Mountain West Conference title. And so, obviously, SEC school, they are not. Uh, but I think they should be proud of the, uh, of the way they hung in there and uh, the fact that Alabama couldn't put them away. Yeah, they showed a lot of grit, a lot of resolve. Uh, you know, we talked last week about them being uh, a real senior-laden team. A lot of upperclassmen, some JUCOs in there, uh, and and they competed very, very well. Alabama jumped out, scored on the first three possessions. Could have been the first four, but missed a long field goal. But they but they fought back, you know, scoring before half, and then uh, coming out in the, in the in the second half, and really, I almost want to say having their way, but um, you know, a couple of turnovers. But uh, yeah, they're a scrappy squad. Uh, Mike Bobo and uh, and his coaching staff have something to really be proud of. You, you always want to win, but sometimes you know you're outmatched. And and um, you know, putting up 23 against Alabama that's that's um, that's a pretty good outing for them. You know, Alabama uh, might not see that many you know points scored on them you know all season. I mean, if you look back at last season, you know, there was only two opponents. You know, Ole Miss and Arkansas were the only two opponent, opponents that that put up 30 against Alabama. Right. Excuse me, put up more than 23 against Alabama. And so um, only two teams on their, you know, on their schedule until the national championship game was able to accomplish that. Right. So, um, you know, that I was I was surprised, and we'll get to defense here in a minute, but but definitely they exploited some things. Um, what did you? What jumped out at you on offense? What was the first thing that kind of jumped out at you? Well, it's hard not to. Uh, I know we always kind of start with Jalen. It's hard not for his performance to jump out. We can talk about him running more than than we like, but you know he was twelve of seventeen passing, two hundred forty eight yards, two touchdowns, seventy percent completion rate. Uh, he ran eleven times. Probably like to have that closer to seven. But he ran 11 times for 103 yards and, and a touchdown, zero turnovers, which is nice. He completed some really nice balls. And uh, I'm just resigned to the fact that he is so damn dynamic with the ball in his hands, the way that he's able to stutter and juke and make guys miss. I mean, I don't want him to get hurt, and I would prefer him to be more of a pocket passer, all of those things. But dude's got talent, and I enjoy. sometimes I just enjoy watching it. He does have talent. There were some design runs that, you know, I would prefer not to see. Uh, obviously, I only want to see him run when the pocket is broken down and, and you know, the guy, the defenders are 20 yards off the ball and, and he can make an easy scamper. And then I want him to slide because, you know, just like, you know, just like Forrestal, right? I mean, it can happen in the blink of an eye and you're gone for the year. And so um, we don't have the depth behind him proven uh, to take chances. And so, um, but he is, a, you know, he seems to be a little more willing to stand in the pocket than he did in week one. And so hopefully we will, we will see him continue to progress in that way. 
Yeah, I mean he had the he had the seventy eight yarder to to Calvin and and you know that was a nice ball. I like the pitch and catch for Robert Foster. I mean that was a fifty plus yarder, but that was mostly you know Calvin or that was mostly Foster running and he really turned on the Jets and looked really good. And I really like the check down to Devonta. Uh, uh, Devonta Smith. And so, you know, he was going to go up top, but he checked it down and threw to the underneath receiver. It's those little subtle things that we see, you know, and I thought we saw a little bit, it's it's hard to say anything about Florida State. They're, they're the best defense we're going to face. Last week, I think he showed more than he showed last season. This week, I think he showed more than he showed last week. And if he takes one step a week, you know, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm not predicting, but hoping if he takes one step a week, I, I think he's going to get to closer to where we both would want him to be. But the fact that he can do what he can do, you know, I, it's 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 a luxury that that Alabama has, and and I'm not going to begrudge you know Saban struggling with the mobile quarterbacks, sitting back and being a little bit pleased that he's got him one. Oh, sure. Um, you know, you would have liked for them to put this team away, you know, sooner, you know, given given the expectations coming into this game. But, you know, we, we got away with a lot of, you know, with we got away with, you know, was, you know with a smaller amount of injuries. Obviously, you don't want to have any. And, right. um, you know, the schedule looks nicely as we go forward here as far as, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks. And uh, so we'll kind of see how he does. Um, what did you What did you think about the usage of the running backs in the game, as far as the disbursement of of who got balls, kind of when? What was your take on that, as far as the uh, distribution of the uh, ball carriers? Yeah, you know, it was uh, pretty well distributed. I, I thought, you know, Bo and and Damian getting the the bulk of the load. Uh, you know, Jalen up there, you know, with eleven carries as, as well. But but from the running backs. Um, I like the fact that uh, that that they that they that they had success running the ball. I like the fact that we're using the running backs in the passing game, and so three running backs caught passes. Uh, Najee was just kind of right at the at the line of scrimmage. He didn't have any gain, but you know, Bo caught three for thirty six yards, so right at twelve yards, and Damian caught two for twenty five, and so he's right there at twelve twelve and a half yards. I like I like that distribution of the ball. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Josh Jacobs get some more carries. He had one for six yards. And it was a little sweep that he ran, and he looked really explosive, really fast, uh, picked up six yards. I would have liked to have seen him get more carries, and I'm certain that we will. He's going to be an exciting back in the open field when he is back to, back to full strength. It does seem interesting to uh, have him play in the game and just get one carry. It does scratch your head a little bit, right? Either all or all or nothing like – Three to five carries or or nothing. I'm I am surprised by just the one carry. Just the one. If you wanted to tell me that he was coming back from an injury and that we wanted to limit his participation, I'm gonna I'm not gonna have a problem with that. You think three to five is is a nice like little window for him to to get some touch. One just seems awkward. <laughs> you know, it does, it does seem awkward. You know, I want to go back to Jalen for just a very quick second. And what's interesting is we talk about that eight to ten carries you know, ideal in a game and trying not to do the design runs. It is interesting that of his 11 carries, that three came on the very first drive. And so you know how they script those plays to start the ball game. And so maybe they saw something, you know, from Colorado State that prompted them because if you think about the number of plays they ran, 
to have, right. a, you know, to have three of his carries in the very first six plays of the game and then only do eight carries the entire rest of the game. It makes you think they saw something, you know, in the tape. Yeah, I saw something and really wanted to establish, hey, we can do this, so you better defend it. And I think that can help that can help open up running lanes, not only for the other backs, but also routes for the receivers. You know, his first uh, his first long touchdown. And it's hard to not be excited when he breaks one, but I really would have wished that he would have sat in the pocket just a little bit longer. He had guys breaking free, and, and that's just going to take a little bit more, you know, comfort and film patience. study. Yeah, patience. Yeah, and patience. Patience is the right word. When you have – and, you know, look – I've never had that skill set, right? And so I can see where he's going to have that lack of patience because he knows what he can do. If he couldn't do that, then he would have to have that patience, right? And so he's at a he's at a place where he doesn't have to have it. We just wish he did. Yeah, but to your point, though, these are the games against Colorado State where if he sits back there a little bit longer and makes a play, right, gives – you know, gives guys time to get open. These guys can get some valuable experience to go along with Calvin Ridley. Right. So you get into an LSU game and they shut you down and they don't let him run. Right. Well, now it's like, well, now you got to beat me with your arm. Right. And so I just want to see more of, I want to, you know, I'm, he's, a, he's a young kid, right? He's still just a sophomore. But, you know, there's going to be teams in the SEC that are going to take away his ability to scramble, and he's going to have to show that patience. And so, you know, hopefully that's something that he, you know, they will they will coach him up on in the next few weeks. Right, and that's where you wish the coaching staff, if the opponent's not going to take it away, you wish the coaching staff would kind of take it away. Um to, to force him to, to to look down the field. But I like his progression. I, I do. I do see progress over last season. I do see progress in, in a couple in a couple of games so far this season. So if he can maintain sort of that trend line, I think we're gonna I think he'll get a lot closer to where we would want him to be. No, absolutely. Talk real quick. I wanna I wanna set you up for the listeners for Bo real quick because Damian obviously got the first two carries of the game. And then on the next series, Bo proceeded to get three carries in a row. Uh, talk about what you said to me in the stadium about that one particular run that Bo made. And, um, you know, you had talked about it might be one of the best runs you had seen him do, you know, at least this season, if not, you know, longer than that. Yeah, he had he had a run, and, and it, was, it was late in the game. It was kind of ironic because it was late in the game. And, uh, you know, the game's already kind of already kind of decided, but – he had a run late in the game where he really just, you know, he kind of ran off the uh, ran off the tackle, but he lowered his shoulder, you know, hit the hit the DB and just, you know, and, and just exploded into him and dove forward. And I, I just made the comment that I wonder if that's not his most physical run that he's had while at Alabama. And he's a he's a big back, and so when he hits people, people know it. And it's hard to say was that his most physical because, you know, because when he wants to, he can be very physical. But that one, he just he just went downhill, and and just ran through. Didn't go to like bump him or hit him or juke him or dance. He just said, "I'm gonna run through you. I'm gonna I'm gonna punish you for trying to tackle me." And I don't know that I've seen that level of resolve in his running game. And 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 that one stood out in contrast to I think some of the earlier runs he had in the game where he was 
a little bit tentative and um and and I hate to hate to critique him that sort of that harshly, but we've seen that in his game. We've seen him and he's had some injury, you know, prone to injury. And, and so sometimes that's as much mental as it is anything else. And I certainly, you know, understand and, and appreciate that. But I think that, uh, I think sometimes he's a little more tentative than you would like a 240 pound back to be. And on that run, I just felt like he let it loose. And so I'm hoping we see more of that. No, absolutely. We'll talk real quick. We, we, we've talked for a few weeks, if not, a few seasons um, when OJ Howard was there about, you know, between the hash marks, I thought after those three runs by Bo, which was, you know, they started at the five yard line, right? So they're trying to get some room there, but then at that, you know, on that first and 10 to throw that pass to Calvin, which obviously he scored on, you know, we need to see more of that. Uh, Just talk about that for a second, because, you know, hitting these guys between the hash marks is something that, Last year, they didn't let Jalen throw between the hash marks, and and hopefully that success uh, will say, hey, we got playmakers here, and and we need to do more of this. And see, that's a subtle piece of the development, right? It's easy to look at the big play to Calvin and, and the yards and all of that, but it it was between the hashes, and that's something that he that we've not allowed him, or the coaching staff hasn't allowed him to to throw a lot of. Uh, and so I think I think that's that's an example of of his progression, and and you know sort of your staple right is you use the run to set up the pass, and I think that I think that sequence is it just feels like that's Tommy Ball right that's what Tom wants to see you know he wants to see the the physical run to set up the the downfield passing oh absolutely but it was but you know it was wide open after you know Bo had done what he had done for three carries right um, right what, what else jumped out at you on offense. You know, I think the I think the biggest thing that that stood out to me, uh, maybe the single largest thing that stood out to me, is we're continuing to distrib- distribute the ball really well. Uh, eight different uh, receivers caught the ball. We talked about the three uh, running backs, uh, a tight end uh, caught the ball. Unfortunately, you know that was forced all, and 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 he's lost for the season on his one catch. Uh, and then you know we had a mix of uh, receivers catching the ball. Calvin's going to always sort of get. The, the nod when you have that that caliber of talent in college ball, that guy can get open. So he's always going to get, you know, probably more. But I like the fact that eight eight guys caught the ball. And uh, I like some of the uh, some of the big guys, some of the running backs and the tight ends. And that just that just tells me uh, and if I'm a defensive coordinator, that tells me, you know, think about game planning that. OK, they'll throw it to anybody. And the quarterback can run for a touchdown from anywhere on the field. Now let me figure out how I stop this. I I kind of like the shell game or or sort of the 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 tools on the field that we have and that we're that we're demonstrating that we're not afraid to use them. No, that's true. And obviously, Cam Newton he you know he doesn't have the physique that Cam Newton had, right? Cam Cam Newton was a, a freak of nature with his size and uh, size and speed, but. Because he is dynamic, okay, I'm okay with them giving him the ability on third and two and third and three if they're calling, you know, a drop back to, you know, to keep them honest and, and not necessarily go with the run and you don't do a play-action pass. That's a great time for him to scramble, right? Because right? he he has the athleticism where he should be able to easily find a crease for two or three yards. Yep. And just move the chains. Right, Cam. Cam used to just run up the middle and piss you off because he would, you know, move the pile five yards. Right, he doesn't have to do that. But 
but his legs should allow you to put drives together. And, you know, you spoke about it in the, uh, you know, in the game where, you know, we had the, we had the one, uh, we had the one long drive. Uh, I think it was 16 plays and, yes. you know, we, we haven't seen a lot of that. Um, no, that was, and, that was beautiful. That, that just the number of plays, you know, six minutes off the clock leading to a score that I just love to see that just methodically, moving the ball down the field, wearing out the defense, keeping your defense on the on the field, and then just doing a bunch of stuff, you know, with the ball, protecting the ball. Oh, I just love that. No, absolutely, man. That's that's Dave ball. Well, give me uh unless you have something else on offense, give me give me your mini game ball. You know, I'm giving my mini game ball to the right side of the offensive line, Lester Cotton and Matt Womack. Uh, you know, Cotton came back from getting dinged and uh I you know, I don't think anybody, probably myself believe that uh, when when Womack emerged as the uh, the starter in A-Day, that he would hold on to that job. And even going into the season, there was talk of uh, Jedrick, uh, uh, Jedrick Wheels, uh, you know, stepping up and taking one of the positions. Uh, when Lester went down, there was a lot of sort of shuffling people around. They even put Matt at the guard spot after he won SEC lineman of the week. Uh, it's like we're trying to it's, – it's like – the universe is conspiring against him keeping his job, but he keeps his job. Uh, and Lester, I think, you know, much the same. And that doesn't mean that they're that they're sort of carved in stone for the rest of the season. But I just I just think if we were going to see some significant juggling, we would have already seen it, and we haven't. No, that's fair. Um, that that is definitely fair. And and that right side of the offensive line is where the inexperience lies. And yep. and you know, these are the kind of games that you know. <laughs> These are the kind of games we need after Florida State for these guys to get some confidence moving forward. Yes. Um, you know, um, I'm going to give my mini game ball um, in the uh, non-spirit of mini game ball to uh, Calvin Ridley. Okay. And so people can feel free to uh, to comment on this afterwards. And the only reason I'm giving it to him, man, is because he got a little love with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get a lot of love last year as far as, you know, he just didn't get really utilized the way he needed to with the freshman quarterback, regardless of who the freshman quarterback was. Um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, they say is the, you know, the best receiver that Alabama's had, you know, since Amari Cooper. And granted, he only had three catches on the day and, you know, good job of filling up the stat sheet by making one of them 78 yards. Um, but I'm just going to, you know, give a shout out because he did make that, you know, play in space that, that hopefully we see more of. Yeah, I mean he's he's the <clears throat> he's the kind of guy and, and like literally takes the lid off the defense on a play like that. But that's always there, right? That's always you know the oppose the oppose and it, it gets to you know as much as we can think about ah we didn't do this or we could have done more of that or something over here, you know sort of sort of think about what does the defensive coordinator have to think about? You've got to you know the power running. They're going to throw to their backs. They're going to throw to their tight ends. They're going to throw to four or five different receivers. The quarterback can run. And don't forget Calvin Ridley, one of the top receivers in, in the college game and can and can change the outcome of the game in a, sing, in a single play like that. That's a lot of things to have to stop. And so hats off to Calvin for just being Calvin, right? Oh, absolutely. And you got to put that on tape, right? I mean, you yes. got to get on tape to show these teams that, guys, we can do this. Because otherwise, yeah. they're just going to squat the box and put ten guys at the line of scrimmage and just shut down your running game. Exactly. So, well, uh, well, field, talk to me about uh, defense. You know, I'm so glad you let me go first because I'm just going <laughs> to have to give some love to Deron Payne before you do it. I'm just going to steal mm-hmm. it. And um, you and I were sitting there 
late in the game and uh, running backs running up the middle. And suddenly we see this guy, you know, you, Eric, and I see this guy fly in and he literally leaps, goes airborne, takes this guy down. This poor five foot eight running back got all the worst of that because he landed right on top of him. And suddenly I'm like, wait a minute, that's 94. And I was like, Saban doesn't normally play two of the same numbers on the same side of the ball. So I guess this is a new thing, right? We got a new 94 out there. And then, of course, when I see him get up, I see it's Deron Payne. And, and you know, it was 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. And here he is, you know, making a hustle play. And I turned yep. to you and I said, hey, next year when, unfortunately, this guy's gone and, and we, we might see that tape footage on draft day and they talk about his motor and not quitting. And uh, that was just a very special play. It was, and and that was a play late in a game where, I mean, you don't want them to score, but the game's in hand. And it was a hot, muggy night in Tuscaloosa. And you got to think a big a big boy like that's winded. He's tired. And, uh, and he demonstrated some resolve in going after that play. So, yeah, that was an impressive play. I think we all enjoyed that. And, 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 and to your point, right, the other guys need to see that, right? right? I'm glad he did it for him, but I'm also glad he did it to show the other people, here's, here, you know, this is Alabama football. Yeah, and there were a number of times, and, and you know, I really like the game plan that Colorado State had. They're going to they're gonna toss the ball around a little bit, and they're going to be aggressive with you. Uh, they got some penalties that went their way. And then they realized – the weakness on the Alabama defense is, you know, they're down five, you know, Alabama's down five linebackers. So let's attack the middle of the field right here. And, uh, and, and they did, and they had, you know, again, in the second half, uh, they, they had some material success there. And there were times more than once, more than once when we would rotate in Deron Payne and, uh, and, and we would kind of kid, well, they're going to shut that down now because, uh, because they're bringing, you know, Deron back in and, and, um, and, 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 you know, and, and that it, was very telling, right? Because it was like the, you know, it was like between the 20 and 30 yard line. You could tell Saban was like, by damn, I don't want you scored again. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we'll bring in Duran to, to prevent that. Um, well, I do think, I do think Dalen Dawkins, you know, obviously he had transferred from Purdue, you know, five foot nine on some of these, you know, information sites at 185 pounds. You know, looking at that before the game, I said, man, this guy's really not going to be able to do anything. He just doesn't have the stature to do anything. Well, guess what? He had 10 carries for 59 yards and averaged 5.9 yards a carry uh, to his credit um, at five foot nine. You know, he really exploited the middle of that defense. And to your point, we turned to each other and said, you know, we, we hope nobody gets hurt. Uh, but kind of like a few years ago uh, when Jesse got hurt, uh, if Deron Payne goes down, the middle of this defense is going to suffer. Yeah, it's, let's not talk about that. Uh, hey, man, but it's true, right? I mean, I mean, they were creasing us, right, inside the tackles. And, yeah, I mean, and we were yeah. like, come on, this is Colorado State. Yeah, no, and I, I agree, right? I mean, you you think, you know, Deron Payne and you look at, you know, Raquan and Bugs and Hand and Johnny Dwight and Frazier and Jamar King, those are the guys who played, uh, you know, Quinnen. Uh, you know, you look down the list, there's not – there's not another uh, Deron Payne on, on the roster. Nothing, nothing. You know, I, I like Raquan. Uh, you know, Bugs has proven serviceable. You know, we can go nothing against those guys, right? They're all new guys. Nothing against their contribution they're providing. It's just there's obviously a difference. There's right? a there's a big gap. There's a big gap between between Deron Payne and anyone else on the defensive line. 
No, I think I think that is I think that is very fair. And you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> the nicest way I can say this, right, is first you lose Jerron Reed and Ashawn Robinson, right? And let's let's be real, right? There, sure. There's a reason that they're being successful at the next level. Well, then you come back and you lose a Jonathan Allen and um and and Dalvin Tomlinson, and um that's a lot to make up. I mean, there are teams that wouldn't have those four quality defensive linemen in a decade, much less back to back, you know, two seasons in a row losing both of those, you know, losing two of those guys each year. And I, well, I just think it's I just think it's showing right this second with the lack of experience right that right now, which is why I'm glad we're playing, you know, Vanderbilt next weekend. Yeah, and Tommy, we've been that team. I remember getting sick to my stomach when when Byron Motley broke his hand, you know, before the Converted season. Converted offensive lineman. Exactly, exactly. And the world had and come to an end. The world had come to an end, and and, and uh, you know, and God bless the Byron Motleys of the world, but but I don't, you know, he wouldn't rank near the top of the list of names that you just threw out, and. And um, and we've got multiples of. I, I remember kidding on a podcast not long ago. You know, we, last year, the year before, uh, we we're talking about you know NFL GMs. Hey, there's no rush. There's you know everybody can have an Alabama defensive lineman. Um, and and well, it's, it's sort of that's the gravy train. And you know this year it's gonna it's certainly gonna be Deron Payne at the top of that list. Oh, absolutely. And Dalvin Tomlinson. You know when the Giants picked him up, you and I knew he was going to be a special kid when he first came to Alabama. Oh, yeah. And guess what? Due to injuries, it took him a while to get on the field, right? But that senior depth and that pure strength that he has at that position and his versatility, these other guys are going to get there. It's just yeah. going to take time is what I'm saying. And no, Dalvin was able to step in last year and become a starter after being in the system for many years. And right now there's just a, you know, there's, you know, there's just, we're, we we got a lot of new guys who are being asked to step in, and uh, I think it's just going to take a little time to gel. Right. Hey, so let me ask you this: we had <clears throat> we had a couple of years ago, the uh, I guess a few years uh, a few years now, we had the Mosley report, and so you know we we're kind of talking about things, but every week we had to sort of give the status on Mosley, and uh, we've tried to get you know. Raglan report and, and and nothing sort of quite lived up to the, to the Mosley report, dude. I'm gonna put it out here. Do we need a Keith Holcomb report? No, man. We need a Deron Payne report. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just no, saying Holcomb racked up 11, 11 tackles, and when we go to a dime, now say this out loud. When we go to a dime, he's the only linebacker on the field. That just, I mean, let that marinate now in a second. When we go to a dime, the only linebacker on the field, and I get we're down five linebackers, okay? Yes. But when we go to a dime, yes. He, yes. Keith Holcomb is the lone linebacker on the field. Now, that's something, man. Well, here's what I'll tell you. We've talked about the door is open. You need to kick it open, right? Keith is seizing his opportunity. He is carpe dieing them right now, right? And yes. so, to yes. his credit, to his credit, he – in space was able to be in the right place at the right time at the goal line when they were dropping back to pass and his ability to basically, you know, cover his guy, know who his man is, know the formation, know where he's supposed to be. I mean, to his credit, that's what the coach needs right this minute, right this yes. minute. That's what they need more than anything else with all those injuries 
And so I'm happy for the kid, man. Good for him. He is but he that, is but that's the opportunity executing. to get 10 or 15 snaps going forward. But but that's him executing. That's not a blind squirrel finding a nut. That is him executing, knowing knowing his reads, knowing his plays, making tackles, batting balls. I mean, he's out there, he's out there hustling. He is. He is. And um, you know, for for him to be on the top of the stat sheet, right? He needs to make a copy of it and he needs to put that up on his wall. And that needs to be his motivation week in and week out, right? Yep. Because last year, you and I would have never said at the top of the stat sheet is going to be Keith Holcomb's name. So no, good for him. No, good for him. We, we wouldn't have predicted that, but we did wonder at times why he wasn't getting a little more run. And so, you know, here's. I'm just the, saying at the top. I'm saying at the no, top. I understand. Of a, of I understand. A good team. And, and he's, and he's done it two weeks in a row. <laughs> no, this is true. This is true. The um, we'll talk about uh, just real quick. I want to talk about Levi Wallace. Um, yeah. obviously, uh, just a nice play on the ball. Um, you know, to allow a big interception because hey, they were moving the ball down the field and they could have easily put another touchdown up there. You know, had Hootie not gotten the deflection. Um, just a nice play, man, and just happy for the walk on. Yeah, I mean, he continues to you know, and we talked about this, right? He he is a, 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 you know, we talked about serviceable last week and not that not being a bad thing. He is a high floor player in in Saban's defense, and he is he's a guy that that, I, and you think of Anthony Averett on the other side, just an, an under, you know, and sort of an undervalued recruit that that sort of hung around the the roster a little bit, and when he got his his chance he you know performed very highly and so these you know this must be sort of the all underrated team or something in the in the corner positions but they both play very well i'm very proud of both uh and you know they might especially the way the conference is stacking up now they they might be two of the better corners in the league well, Levi Wallace had four pass deflections on the day. So obviously, you know, offensive coordinators for the opposing team are picking on Levi right. Wallace, right? <laughs> They're saying, um, we're not going Minka's way. Okay. Minka got one deflection and we're not going Averitt's way. And so, you know, he's getting his opportunities. And kind of like we said with Keith Holcomb, those two guys right now, you know, as far as like under the radar guys are the story of the defense right now. Right. And that's where, you know, we talk about high floor, right? That's where uh, you can take, you know, Trayvon and say, athletically, he has the better upside. But but the coaching staff looks at it and says, where are they going to attack us? They're not, you know, they're, they're going to attack us at that other corner spot. And so do I want uh, a sort of a, a feast and famine guy or do I want Steady Eddie over there? Well, I'd rather have Steady Eddie because my mentality is to boa constrictor another team and just suck the life out of them. And if I've got a, a guy out there that's going to make it make it hard for them, you know, in Levi to make it hard to throw to that other side, then I'm gonna I'm gonna suffocate them that much more quickly. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the 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 biggest thing for me is that I compare your analogy to punt return, right? Yeah. Who's he put back on punt return? He puts back somebody who he knows is going to possess the ball. And so currently, you know, Diggs is going to get his opportunities, right? Oh, yeah. his, his opportunities are going to come. 
And uh, right now, he must have the respect of the coaching staff or he wouldn't be, you know, handling punts right now. Right. Obviously, he only had one on the day, but he wouldn't be handling punts. And so, um, you know, it just – for the listeners that didn't hear this comment before that you made, it's just ironic with all the the four- and five-star talent who has transferred for greener pastures, and Levi Wallace has just kicked the door down with his foot, and he has seized the moment. And, uh, you know, if he never plays on Sundays, you know, he might go down as one of our guys this year, you know, one of those guys that teams like this need uh, to uh, to get to where they want to be. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, you know, like I, I like as you were saying that I, I think of like Drew Davis, right? Yes. I mean, who remembers Drew Davis except for he was a starting left tackle, you know, on the 2009 you know, national championship thing. You never, you know, you would never think that, but yeah, that yes. How, how he performed on, on the right side of the ball was critical because no one else would man that spot and we needed somebody to kind of do it. Um, Talk about real quick. uh, uh, Just before I see what else you have, just talk about the play though, you know, Raquan Davis and bugs and Christopher Allen and guys like this. I mean, they still filled up the stat sheet. I mean, they, you know, my point of saying that is, is, is we've seen years where guys have opportunities and, you know, they might have one tackle on the day. Yeah. Well, all three of these guys finish with four, excuse me, Chris Fallon had five solo tackles, but Raquan and Bugs both had four solo tackles. And so uh, they're obviously providing some, you know, they're, they're not Deron Payne right now, and that's just not a fair comparison. I guess what I'm trying to say for them to each have four solo tackles on the day um, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah, you want them to be you want them to to be efficient, effective, you know, and productive. And and they all are. And if they're all a little bit productive, well, that's probably better than one guy being super productive and the other guys sort of suck and win the whole game. And so I would rather have, you know, all of them, and especially when you rotate as many as we do, it's gonna be hard to you know, you're really gonna have to be outstanding to sort of lead in in tackles um as as many guys as we rotate but if they can all go in there and be productive then that's what you want oh absolutely man and as you were mentioning i was counting the stat sheet we had 23 defensive guys on the stat sheet right right that's just a lot of names it is and um talk real quick before we uh, go to special teams about your boy mckinney uh he he seemed to come in a little bit earlier this game than he did uh last week yeah, I continue to like this Xavier McKinney, and, and <clears throat> I, I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I look at you know our dime package, uh, and it's Averett and Levi. We talked about it's Minka and Harrison. You know, those I'll, I'll take that four over. I think just about anybody, uh, and then you've got Tony and, and Hootie. I'm not, you know, I I'm not maybe predicting who or the what and the when, but I think McKinney steps into that steps into that dime rotation before the season's out. Um, he beats Hootie or, or Tony, and I don't know. Who, I don't know sort of which, but I think his talented, his talent and his upside is there, and he's going to continue to get more reps. And um, I'm not saying he's going to be a Minka, uh, but I think that he's got just a tremendous amount of upside, and that we're going to find ourselves wanting to give him more reps and more reps and more reps. And um, you know, at some point, the only way to do that is to sit someone else down, and. Um, I, I think that happens before the season's out. I'm excited about uh, his opportunity. Wow! All right. Well, give me uh, give me your game ball, unless you have something else. What? Who who gets it on defense? 
You know, I I don't know that this is a um I, I don't know that this is a mini game ball, but I want to call out uh probably one of my favorite recruits of recent time, and that's uh, uh linebacker Joshua McMillan. He goes about six three, two forty, and he's really sort of an old school central casting middle linebacker. Probably not quite as quick as you would want in this sort of brand of ball, but he will he will I mean, he will knock you out. And we pos- and he didn't rack up any stats, and I was disappointed about that. But he, but we brought him in as sort of that end setter, as uh, almost a true defensive end on Saturday. And I, I, I hope he gets more of an opportunity in that role because because he is a big guy, and and I think that he can really get after you know, some ball carriers. I think he's got some aggressiveness. And I really – I've always liked him, even as a recruit. I was like, this guy's going to be a star. And he never really has been, and he had a knee injury. And so when number 40 comes out there, I just get excited because I just like the kid. And uh, I hope that uh, – I hope he continues to get more run. Uh, I think I know where you're going with your mini game ball. And if you don't go where I think you're going, then I'm going to come back and give another one. But my mini game ball, and, and you sort of stole it right at the beginning, was you know Deron Payne. You know he had six tackles, and then just and then that one play that, that we talked about, dude. I just like this Deron Payne, and and we're gonna talk about him. We're gonna talk about him, and and we've sort of grown out of talking about Cody and and sort of the hole that he left in the middle. Deron is a different like flavor of player because he's not as big, but he's more mobile and nimble, but we're going to miss this guy. And we're, he's going to be a guy that we're going to talk about for a couple of years about missing. So I'm just pitching a mini game ball to draw on pain. So you're doing two mini game balls. No, I'm only doing one, but if you don't give your mini game ball to the guy whose name I'm pointing out right now, right. Then I will give a second one. All right, so I'm just going to give it for, to Levi Wallace because he's probably the spirit of many game balls as a former walk-on for the reasons we mentioned. And uh, I just hope he stays healthy and uh, continues to uh, contribute to the to the defense. Okay, then I'm giving a second mini game ball. Damn, I I was going to – all right, I'm giving it to Tony Brown. And I hate to do this because this is your guy. The, you spotted this. I didn't spot this. You spotted I thought you were going to save this, save this for special teams, man. Let's, let's get to this one. All right. Let's All right. So, so talk about me some J.K. Scott missing a fifty-two yarder. I, I I was glad they they put him out there to to attempt it from the thirty-five. What what's your thoughts on that, man? I think that was that was good for him to uh, to get a chance against Colorado State to try to do a fifty-two yarder instead of LSU. No, well, you want to trot him out there, you know, is it, and and give him that opportunity and let him sort of get some comfort and you know and see the and you know in a stadium situation see the goalposts you know in 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 the crowd and all that and so I'm glad that we got him out there I mean sure I I I would have liked to have seen him hit it but I'm just saying I'm glad this was his first chance to do it this early in the season yes oh yeah that's yeah. all that's all and I was glad Andy uh, I was glad Andy made both of his you yeah, know he he did make one for forty two I started to say you know that. That's uh, you know, he he definitely Coach Saban talks about the improvement from week one to week two. Well, there was definitely some improvement from week two to week three for Andy. Well, we kind of kidded that, you know, we you know, and it's true. You want there to be a position on the field where you have a high degree of probability. If we can get to there, we got three points. And and last week we kind of kidded. Well, yeah, both of his kicks were you know in the in the twenties. They were really really short kicks. But if that's the building block of confidence. You know, making a couple, 
you know, uh, gimmies, I guess, I don't know, short kicks, well, then that certainly manifested this week where we made two north of 40. And so if there's a position, if we can get to the 35-yard line and we're all but guaranteed points, we can play with a shorter field that way. I think that's great. And so I want to see him continue to make these things, but I'm, I'm pleased with the fact that uh, that he made two of them. No, absolutely. Well, very quickly on one of his, it was after a third and three, you know, where Jalen ended up, you know, throwing the ball. And so to your point, if you don't have confidence in the kid, third and three, you run the ball, right? Bama should be able to make a first down there. Instead, you drop back to pass. And so you were kind of resigning yourself at the, you know, 28, 29 yard line that, you know, he, he we're, we're going to trot Andy out there. And so, uh, once again, just like with JK, you know, I'd rather trot him out there and make two 40 yarders now. So, so he has the confidence that, you know, to know he can do it. We'll talk real quick, uh, before we wrap up, uh, uh, let's talk about some Tony Brown, man. What, what did, uh, what, what were you talking about for the listeners on, uh, on his contribution? No, you spotted it. Why don't you set it up and talk it through? You spotted it during the game. I did not. Man, I just, you know, for the listeners, man, Tony Brown, um, you know, he, he, he contributes to this team in a variety of ways. Uh, one of the biggest ways he first kind of, you know, splashed onto the scene for, for Alabama's football team is with his special teams play. And um, that's just where his comfort level is. And um, he obviously is a contributor on defense as well. Uh, but, you know, thank goodness uh, he was on the field uh, on defense um, you know, when, uh, when Hootie had the interception that he did and, uh, Tony made a key block, uh, at midfield, which allowed, you know, Hootie to, to take the sideline there. And then he didn't stop there. He hustled down the field and, uh, laid a guy out about 15 yards further down the field, uh, to allow Hootie to make it as far as he did. And, um, you know, we talked about during the game, uh, just, you know, how, how big of a play that was, um, you know, for, for him to make. Yeah. I mean, two blocks on the same, um, on the, on the same return, you know, that's impressive. And that, and that shows a level of sort of stick to and, uh, and resolve, uh, in contributing and making a play that, uh, you like to see. And so, you know, sometimes his contributions have been more subtle, but that's a great example. And that's the kind of thing that gets you on a roster. Uh, so maybe the end of a roster, but that's the kind of thing that gets you on a roster in the league. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, Saban is going to notice that, right? You know right. Saban is going to notice that when when they review the tape. I mean, obviously absolutely. he saw him do it at the time, but, you know, there will yeah. definitely be be, uh, be note made of that. Um, anything else jumped out at you on special teams? You know, I like, uh, you know, Ruggs got a couple of kick returns and he looked really fluid. Uh, you know, doing that. He caught one just short of the goal line. My conservative self would have probably said, let it go in. Uh, but, you know, he caught it at, at, you know, maybe the one or two and then ran it out to, I don't know, the 25, 26, 24, something in that, in, in that range. And, but he looked real fluid with uh, uh, running the ball. I think this guy is going uh, is, is gonna to really develop. I, we're going to see more of him this season. And a kick return, I think some – eventually I think we see him some at punt return and uh, and certainly as a receiver. The guy, the guy has – you know, he's a track star. The guy has big speed. And so I think that we're going to use him um, more and more as the season progresses. I like the kid. I, th- I think he's going to be a fun, exciting player to watch. 
No, absolutely. Hey, one thing I want to mention real quick just before we wrap up here is uh, that touchdown by Robert Foster, which we probably didn't touch on uh, quite enough on the offensive side of the ball. You know, welcome back, Robert Foster. And uh, this is what we thought that you were going to do when you got here. And, um, you know, that might be his coming out party. We talked about his ability to, you know, provide a compliment to this team on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And while he only had one catch on the day, uh, he made the best of it. And uh, for this team to get to where they need to be, they have to be able to pitch it around to four or five guys. And so while he's a red shirt senior, uh, I think that might have been the best play he's made at, at Alabama so far. Yeah, I think so. And it really, it really highlighted, it really showcased his athleticism and just his, I mean, when he turned on the Jets, he was gone. Uh, I think there were two players that had angles on him. Cam Smith was trying to run to get up and block and couldn't, couldn't catch him. The defenders who had angles couldn't catch him. And then, you know, when they looked like they were going to get their hands on him, you know, he knew he was right at the goal line. And, and so he kind of, he kind of jumped. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, that was that was impressive. And so you start thinking about it again. Put yourself, you know, put your defensive coordinator hat on, and and you see that, and you say, "Good gosh, they've got another one on the other side of the field." But but for Alabama football, all of last season, okay, if we talk about the yards after the catch very quickly on those two plays, yes, and we were to calculate whatever that was, I bet you those two pass plays exceeds yards after catch that our receivers were able to make in plays in half the games last year. Because you're talking one play went for 52 yards. Calvin's went for 78 yards. So that's 130 yards, right? So whatever portion of that is after the catch, I guarantee you that exceeds half the ball games last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's for, a lot for, of, for a single game, is what I'm saying. For a yeah, single yeah, game, no. and that's that's a lot of yak, and 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 that and that's good for a couple of different reasons, right? That shows that showcases sort of the athleticism of of the receiver, but that also is getting the ball to the receiver at the right time, which is your point, I think, right? Uh, and getting the getting the ball to the receiver where they can make a play, and um, and that is part of the development. Uh, of Jalen. And it's subtle. It is subtle, right? But, you know, last year, um, I, one of the reasons I was really hoping that our Darius Stewart would come back is, is you know, not just because he was, you know, a favorite that, that I really enjoyed, but he seemed to be a, a security blanket. He would, you know, he would go get the ball that, that Jalen threw a little high, or he would sort of out physical to, to, you know, possess a ball that was maybe a 50-50 ball. And, and, you know, a majority of the time he was tackled where he caught it. But the fact that we did get, you know, the yards after the catch, that just speaks to – and it's incremental. And if you don't sort of notice it, you don't notice it. Um, and so I'm glad you called that out because I just think that's another, you know, sort of shade of progression that we're seeing. No, absolutely. Well, talk about some Vanderbilt here. Obviously, they have not played, you know, anybody so far until they, they had, you know, Kansas State – uh, prior to that, it was Middle Tennessee and Alabama A&M, but they come in undefeated. You know, they come in with a quarterback who obviously, you know, Kyle Shermer made some good progress toward the end of the season. Uh, the Pennsylvania boy, uh, talk about what do, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? You know, playing at Vandy next weekend. Yeah, so I think you know, I and I'm from Nashville, so I always have sort of a, a soft spot in my heart for for Vanderbilt. You know, I think I think they were ecstatic. 
after it, I think let me see if I can say this in a way that makes sense. So Vanderbilt was ecstatic after beating Kansas, a ranked, I think they were ranked number 18. So, you know, they're ecstatic for beating a ranked Kansas State team at home. Meanwhile, Alabama fans are mad that they only beat uh, Colorado State 41 to 23. And so, like, juxtapose those a little bit, right? You know, Vanderbilt wins uh, really just a slop fest game, you know, 14 to 7, and they're painting the town black and gold. And uh, Alabama fans, you know, beat Colorado State by, you know, 18 points and uh, are not satisfied. And, and I just think that that sort of shows where the two different programs are. I think it's going to be – I think it has the opportunity to be close early because Vanderbilt is a scrappy team. That's the first time they've been 3-0 in a while. They're a scrappy team. I do think they're very well coached. I do think uh, Derek Mason is a really good defensive mind. And uh, I think they're going to come out. They're going to play hard. They're going to play physical. And then they're just going to run out of depth. And that is what is amazing about this Alabama team. Not only is it more talented, not only is just the starters more talented than the opponent, but the depth. And I think I think Alabama has the lead at half and just blows it out in the second half. And I think it's I think it's like thirty-eight to six is the final. But uh, I uh, but I think it I, I think at half it's a lot closer than that. Well, he, he definitely has brought something to this team. You know, for them to be able to finish last year, you know, with six wins was a big deal. Yep. You know, after only four wins before. You know, we we haven't seen this team now and you know, since two thousand eleven. Uh, but right. you know, that game was a thirty four to nothing final and that was not the same Vandy team that that, you know, is being coached now. Right. And so um I, I do think that I do think that we are going to continue to see a progression in, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I do think that we are going to, you know, put up some more points. This might surprise you a little bit, but I'm I'm guessing we're going to see like a 48 to seven game. Okay. I, I think we're actually going to increase the touchdown output and and get more of these playmakers involved and and uh, see the evolution of this. And I think we might even see Tua you know, get some, you know, a little bit more run in the second half and still have some success as well. And okay. uh, I think this is, you know, Vandy's made some – they've made some progress. But like you said, there's just too many weapons right. on this football team. I, 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 You know, I was looking at and, – and, again, like I said, I've got a soft spot for Vanderbilt. And so it, I, I went and looked at the some of their stats, uh, game stats. And so I found the stat that you're going to hate. Are you sitting down? You're going to hate this stat. Okay. All right. You're going to hate it. Kansas State's uh, quarterback had 24 carries for 126 yards. Yep. It's going to be a long day for Vandy then. <laughs> it is going to be. Hate it because it that means we're going to run Jalen more. It is going to be the Jalen show. All right. Well, maybe I need to change my score then and lower it a little bit because we're going to chew up a lot more clock then because we're going to be running the ball a lot. Yep, yep. Maybe our leading receiver will have three catches on the day. Absolutely. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that that definitely puts them in a very tough position coming into this game. That defensive coordinator is not going to get any sleep all week. No, absolutely, right? Because, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, fortunately hey, we for them, they fortunately for them, very quickly they have only faced us, you know, once in the past decade, 
And uh, it's right. just good for them that the schedule shifts and, you know, they're not seeing us every year. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Hey, we got a, uh, another five-star review on iTunes. And so let me call that out. Donovan, uh, Donovan Henry. And so he says, if you're an Alabama fan, this is a must subscribe. You'll find yourself refreshing your feed each day, ready for the next game breakdown episode uh, to become available. I know we're a little late getting those out sometimes. Uh, these guys offer fantastic insight into each Alabama game and cover every phase of the game in, in depth. Been listening now for two seasons and extremely happy they made the return to cover my favorite team for the 2017 season. So that's cool, man. I appreciate it, Don. That is awesome. We appreciate the feedback, and uh, we we appreciate it, you know, taking the time to, to share your thoughts. Fantastic. That is awesome. That is awesome. Hey, I'm still going to put it out there. If you are uh, a Skybox owner and you listen, drop me an email or drop us an email at alabamafootballpodcast.com, and uh, I want to ask you uh, – I want to run a couple questions by you. But, uh, yeah, if you have a Skybox, drop us an email, and um, – I want to chat you up a little bit. All right, man. Well, I am looking forward to uh, our first, uh, you know, I guess not our first away game, but it's a little different than our, you know, than our other home well, it's Atlanta. It's a true road game. It is a true road game, yeah. right? Because we played yeah. in, a, in a neutral site in Atlanta, which is sort of our second home, right? So, yeah, it's a true uh, a true road game. It'll be good to see how this team does. You yeah. Know, there's, a, there's a lot of young guys it will be good to see, or, or a lot of guys that don't, that don't have a lot of experience still on a young season. It'll be uh, interesting to see how they, you know, how how they handle this. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I can't wait. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out, a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook. Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, coach? Of course. Roll tie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.